Welcome to the Self-Love and Pleasure Podcast, a podcast to help you unlock your deepest love and pleasure potential. Hi, I'm Trisha, your favorite one-of-a-kind host. I'm a self-love and pleasure coach, educator, pleasure toy reviewer, content creator, and so much more than that. Tune in to be inspired and empowered. We are in this episode, which is now season two, episode one, because I had a name change of the podcast and I've got a guest speaker here, which is Alexa. And I'm going to hand over to her so she can introduce herself. She's a sexologist. So it's going to be a very juicy and interesting um, episode, which I'm really excited about. Hello. Before I introduce myself. If you see, if you hear growling, my dogs are playing in the background. So that's what that is. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but yes, my name is Alexa and I'm a psychologist and a sexologist. I focus on sex education um, and helping people just live more pleasurable lives. I love that. Can you tell us one a good thing about yourself? Because I ask that every guest speaker to like highlight something about themselves. Um, I was just told today I'm very... Oh, fuck, I forgot the word. It means that you can say everything you want to say in like very concisely. Um, so I don't over speak. If I don't have to, I'll say everything in at least seven words, but it's still understandable. I love that. As well, like we'll see. <laughs> It's a good quality to have. I'm I'm someone who overshares a lot. <laughs> How many dogs have you got? Two. Yeah, there's three, but only two are playing. Great. What kind of dogs have you got? You can see them there. Oh, cute. <laughs> disturbing. It's playtime, so that's why. Anyway. Uh. It's playtime. Well, most of you uh, don't know, but we already had this pod podcast episode last week, <laughs> but we had technical <laughs> issues. <laughs> so we are redoing this episode um, for you all because it was so amazing that you, we need to share this. So uh, we thought we're just gonna redo the whole episode. Um, I follow you for a while on Instagram and I love your work. And I've seen that you are also solo poly. And I want to a little bit ask about, like, you can probably explain to our listeners who don't know what solo poly means and how you got into it and how your journey is going. Okay. So it means that you are your own primary partner. So it's obviously within non-monogamy and it's one branch of non-monogamy and it means you're your own primary partner. So you're not specifically looking to move in with someone or sorry, some share finances or um, get married or even have, some people do want to have kids, most don't. Um, a lot of people think is that you're just dating around, fucking around, but not necessarily. Um, I could have two partners, committed, serious partners, but it only means that I come first. Uh, it doesn't mean I cannot commit, right? Um, and I, I think I was doing it for a lot, a lot of my life. I just didn't know it had a name. Um, so once I started like educating myself and learning about non-monogamy, I was like, "Holy shit!" I read this one article by Zachary saying, "So good friend of mine, 
uh, in men's health and he's talking about solo polyamory. And I was like, holy shit, like, that's exactly what I do. Like, this is because he has such a way with words. I was like, he explained it exactly the way that I like it. Um, so I always refer people to the article because he says it way better than I ever could. I love that. <laughs> yeah, you're so um, too, right? Yeah, because I'm solo poly as well. And like you said, it doesn't mean like we are fucking around um, because this we can like, you can obviously you can um yeah. but this is more like just being single and do whatever you want like you don't have to put the poly on that because poly for me is like you can have multiple partners committed relationships or relationships of any form and kind because sometimes they don't have to look exactly the same so you can be like really close committed to each other you can have like a more open commitment but in the end it's some sort of commitment because I'm, I'm not a true believer of uh, friends with benefit uh, because it just ends up in like a situationship and it is kind of like a commitment but you don't want to be a commitment so it's like you know but yeah solo poly I, I love it it's it's amazing like you said I'm just me and myself and the kids because I've, I've got my kids and I'm just happy to be by myself live by myself but I have got love to give and to share and be with others, but I like my own space. <laughs> right, same. I'm like, I don't want to sleep next to anyone. And if I do, it's like, do not fucking touch me. Like, can you leave? Or like, if I'm at someone else's house, I'm like, I'm leaving. Even if it's like 1 a.m., I'm like, I'd rather sleep in my own bed. Um, I cherish my space so much that I just don't want it. <laughs> I mean, solo bully is definitely not for everyone. Just like non-monogamy is not for everyone. Just like yeah. monogamy is not for everyone. So like some people love living with other people. I know like 35-year-olds that have roommates, not because they can't afford their own place, but because they need to live with other people. Like they crave that. Um, so you and me, we value our alone time, our space, but like other people are very happy sharing everything like you know negotiating chores and stuff like that um, yeah very true and you are also bisexual as i've seen so <laughs> supporting the queer community <laughs> really if it was my choice i would um not be attracted to men honestly yeah all right <laughs> where's that coming from <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just hard. Um, obviously, there's amazing men out there, but like, yeah. um, it's hard. I feel it. I've been a subject of violence and harassment and abuse. Like, I, it's just not a safe space a lot of the time. So, if I had to, if I could choose, I'd only be attracted to non-men. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. there. A lot of um, violence, um, abuse out there, DV, um, things and topics that haven't been really spoken about for a long time. But I do feel like we are starting to get a little bit more of a background about like narcissistic behaviors and what to look out for. And um, I think there's in, in general like a big change coming with the same with relationship status and more people exploring their poly or their different sexual identities um, and orientations so and gender identities. So we are kind of heading in the right direction, I believe. 
yeah, more and more people are feeling safe coming out, safer. Yeah. Um, everyone's discovering non-monogamy and they're questioning, like, is monogamy for me? Right? Because like infidelity is so common. Um, not that it can't happen in non-monogamy, but it's less prevalent. Um, so we're going in the right direction, I would say, in some things, not in all things. Yeah, yeah. Well, other things is like social media. <laughs> not helping people who educate about sex and sexual uh, topics at all. Yeah, well, big corporations, yeah, they suck. Meta, we fucking hate you. Um, <laughs> you're the worst. How did you get into becoming a sexologist? Uh, so I was studying psychology, but I was always so interested in sex. Like when me and my girlfriends would go to a house party, um, we'd always stay at someone else's house, like, right? And I'd ask them every single question. Like I was like, okay, uh, you made out. So how much tongue or how did he touch you? Oh, he fingered you. How many fingers did he use? How come you liked it with this guy and not the last guy? Oh, he sucked on your titties. Um, did you feel anything? Because uh, Carla says she doesn't feel anything, but uh, Melissa says she loves it. So do you love it, right? And I was yeah. just interrogating my friends and I thought it was normal, but apparently it wasn't normal. Um, so in psychology, I had this class called Sexuality and Pleasure. And I was like, is this a career? Like, what? This um, is going to be mine. <laughs> I never looked back. It, it just, everything clicked. And I went to my parents. I was like, hey, I'm going to be a sexologist. And this is what I want to do. And that's it. Like, that, this, it's happening. I love it. I love that you just, um, yeah, found your passion. And you're just like, I'm going to do that. Like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm just going to do it. And. So your your parents have been very supportive? They have always supported me. Um, growing up, they were very closed off about sex. They would tell me to wait until marriage and random stuff like that. And I was like, even when I was 13, I was like, I haven't had sex, but I still don't believe that you have to wait or that you have to love someone to have sex with them. Like, I knew even then that you could have sex just because you wanted to, even though I was a fucking child. Like, how did I know that? I don't know, but I knew it. Um, yeah. And then they've grown as I've grown. So by the time I was like, I'm going to be a sexologist, they were like, okay, cool. Like, if that's what you want, that's what you want. And my grandma is a fan. Like, she's 85. I've given her sex toys for Christmas. She loves them. Um, she loves talking about sex with me. I it's love that. Really great. And like my sister has like eight sex toys that I've given her, maybe 10. Um, all my friends have sex toys. My brother, my brother's girlfriend, like everyone has sex toys. It's great. It's like uh, birthdays are coming up. You're just going to get a new sex toy. Emily is so good for your sex life, honestly. How supportive have your friends been? Or have you had any like negative um, reactions? No, I think... I'm very good at cutting people out of my life if they're not good for me. So I'm very selective about my friendships. Like if you're not bringing anything positive, I don't want it. Um, but I don't think I've had to cut anyone off just because of that. Everyone's super supportive. Everyone comes to me. They, they're they all grateful about having the option of asking me questions. And they show me off. Like they're, they 
they brag about being friends with me and it's the sweetest thing ever. Even my dad, uh, he brings every day to work a tote bag that I sell on my website that says, sorry, I'm late. I was masturbating. So like, oh, I love that one. Know about me and they follow me and they're like fans. So they'll talk about me at work and his coworkers would be like, oh, did you see Alexa's stories yesterday? And my dad's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, and it's just the funniest thing. Like it's an office space, you know, it's like a serious workplace and they talk about me and my dad brags about, you know, my job. He tries to support me that way. That is so cute. <laughs> I know. It's the best. What is one like of um, the best things that you've learned about since you are like studying and becoming a sexologist? I think my profession and my personal life go together so well. Like the more I learn, the more I read, the more I educate myself. I apply this to my personal life because like, why wouldn't I, you know, even if it's to yeah. grow professionally, I like, that's interesting. Let me try it out. So the Alexa, like before I got my master's in it or anything, it's so different for me now, just because I studied these, like, and every day I keep learning more and then I apply it and then I'm like, okay, maybe what I did three months ago was, you know, I could have done that better or that's not for me now, now that I know this, you know, you just challenge beliefs like gangbangs. Um, for example, and this has only been through Instagram. So like Instagram, I love you, but I hate the rules that you have. Um, there's this one creator that speaks so openly about gangbangs, about her love of gangbangs. And she's she has a PhD. Jessa, she teaches at Columbia or NYU. Like she's a professor, but still on her Instagram, she talks about her love for gangbangs. And the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my God, a gangbang like that's not for me like good for her but like I I could never right like there's something about it that just doesn't sit well with me and then I just kept seeing her talk about them and I started challenging those beliefs and I was like why isn't that for me like why is having six men in the room with me not hot as fuck um so I started thinking about it and now it's one of my biggest fantasies I haven't done it but it. I would like I want to and I keep posting about like a birthday game man right and it's just so fun that just because someone speaks so openly about it I started questioning what I like and in reality I just had some beliefs that would you know block me from being like oh I want that and I think that's our job like I yes. hope I, I have the same effect on people that I keep talking about masturbation or orgasms or threesomes or non-monogamy or whatever and people challenge those beliefs and they're like oh maybe I could do that and maybe my sex life can be better or maybe that is for me you know that's my goal that's exactly a conversation I had recently with someone um when I explained to them oh yeah um I'm studying sex coaching and I've just uh, done my tantra practitioner as well and like oh yeah oh, well you have to do all these things and I said well the biggest thing is actually just to talk openly about it because the more we do it the more we can help to like really say that it is normal that it is a part of us and the more we do others will be like okay hang on she's talking so openly about it like it's just normal and natural um and like you said they maybe start questioning it but like you you have a very open 
um, mindset as well. So I love that you just said like, oh, and then I actually unpacked it and questioned, why am I not liking that? And this is exactly the work we do, helping others to then say like, well, why don't you like that? Like, have you questioned that? Like, and because deep inside, we actually know, we just forget to check in with us. So love that. Please. And I do it so fast now. Like it's embedded in my brain that I have to do this. So it's just practice. And that's what I want for other people. Yeah. Like ask yourself immediately if it's, you know, something you were taught, something society says, or if it's actually something that you might be interested in, you know? Yeah, there's so many, like we grow up and we take so much from like our parents, like you said, with like, don't have sex before you get married. Our friends, our like social of the world, like everyone's telling us something and then we just get shaped into something without questioning it. So even if you have like amazing liberal parents, uh, school will fuck you up, you know, uh, movies will fuck you up. Like it's hard. It's hard and that's why we do what we do because the world is made so that we are ashamed about our sexuality, so that we don't talk about sex, so that, you know, like oppressing, right? Like we can't yeah. be sexually free or anything. So that's the work that we're doing and we do have to challenge everything basically. And then once you do, you find those pieces that do resonate with you. And then you start creating the sex life that you do want to have. And then that changes. And then you're constantly evolving, right? That's, that's the thing. Yep, 100%. What is one of the um, most challenging part since you are on that journey of sexology and <clears throat> studying, becoming it? Has there been something really, like, really challenging? I think even throughout psychology, um, because I started university at 17, I was really young. Um, mm. My age has been a thing that people judge me for. It's like, oh, uh, when I was studying, it's like, oh, you're 20 and you're my, like my psychologist because we had patients all through psych all, all through our studies, supervised, but yeah. we had patients. Um, so I'd be judged immediately. I'm like, okay, how can this child know anything? And now I'm 25 mm. and still people sometimes less, but they're like, I'm older than you. Like, how come I should trust you? And I'm like, look, like, if you're going to judge me for my age, then you're not, you shouldn't be here because I don't think it, of course it means things. Like when I'm 30, I'm probably going to cringe about today, but, and that's growth. But like being 25 doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about, you know? Yep. So I think my age, um, it's hard to deal with, but like I'm doing it and I'm doing my best. So yeah. I love that. What is um, one of like when you are seeing clients, um, one of the most common problems that they've got when they come to you? Mm -hmm. Definitely. If they're in a relationship, it's about desire discrepancies. So like one person wants to have sex more than the other. And then this person tries to initiate and then this person gets tired of saying no. Then this person stops initiating and then it's like a whole thing, right? Um, and sex starts looking like a chore and not something you actually want to do. So that's like number one, desire discrepancies. And then if they're single, um, it's a lot about insecurities, self-confidence. Um, with men, it's a lot 
about knowing how to date and being successful in dating. And with women, it's a lot about um, orgasms, desire, masturbation, and unpacking a lot of shame, shame around yep. sex. Not that men don't have it, but I think women tend to have it a bit more. Um, so those are like the main topics that I work with. What are, um, what is your like number one tip for anyone like to yeah, explore a little bit more on their sexuality? I get asked a lot by men on dating apps, like, what's your number one tip? And I'm like, I don't know yeah. you, but what I always answer is sex doesn't end when you come. Sex ends whenever you want it to, when everyone is satisfied. Or if you're not having a good time, you can end there. You don't have to wait for the other person to come. Um, if you came and you're tired, like you have a tongue, you have a mouth, you have toys, um, you have fingers. So like worry about your partner's pleasure and extend the session. Don't fool. No. Extend the session as, as long as you want. You know, like one professor in my master's was like, I only have sex. Uh, that last three to four hours and i was like excuse me in that sounds like a tantra session <laughs> yeah, that opened my mind so much like like you don't have cookies sir um you don't have sex that last three minutes um what are you doing you know so like that's what works for him obviously i think cookies are hot as fuck sometimes so yeah, i think it's a balance you need a balance you need right. like Go with the flow. <laughs> this needs to create the sex that you want to have and worry about everyone's pleasure. And if you came, I mean, I'm sorry, but your penis does not magically lose nerve endings if you're soft. You can still feel pleasure and you can still worry about your partner's pleasure. So that's mm -hmm. it. That's number one. That's what I tell men on dating apps mostly. <laughs> um, that's very great in regards to like tantra because i've just completed my, all my modules um and handed them in yesterday yay um so and there again as well it's like sex we we focus too much on our genitals instead of actually using also our breath and our body and the tantra practices that i've learned um obviously like you said you're gonna have to practice everything <laughs> that you learn so i had like a whole weekend of just like doing things on myself about tantra exercises and it's so amazing how you can really harness that sexual energy from your genital area through your whole body to actually have like full body orgasms or just that orgasmic bliss oh my god delicious do you want to unlock your deepest love and pleasure potential then come join your new online community, the Self, Love and Pleasure World, and you can upgrade into the Queendom or Kingdom. Go to selflovepleasure.com to join. And if you would like to see more of me, your favorite one-of-a-kind, Trisha, you can join Trisha's Life at trishaslife.com.au. Whenever I say people have orgasms without touching any anything in their body, people are like, oh my God, that sounds like a fairy tale. Like, what the fuck? Is that an actual thing? And I'm like, look, it's not, it's probably not gonna just happen. Like, that's not 
how it usually goes. You have to put in the work, just like in relationships, you have to put in the work. Um, a good lover is made, not, that looks terrible. My light went on. <laughs> the lover is made, not born. So like put in the effort and learn new skills. And if you want to have a breath orgasm, you can, you most likely can. Yeah. I think that's something that some people, like like we said, when, when we are not talking openly about sex, people don't know that there's much more out there. They just learn, um, for example, you know, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, like, you know, masturbate. It's all just genital focus. Um, three minutes, I'm done, dusted, go to sleep. And they don't know that there's more out there to explore, exactly. to actually have more experiences of, like, where can you touch yourself, like, arrogant zones, or that you can have, like, different kind of orgasm feelings through whole body touches. Like there's always more to explore. That's one of my models like never stop exploring yes whenever people uh, tell me i've tried everything no you haven't no the fuck you haven't there's always more to try um so never stop exploring yeah love that is there um a book that you can recommend reading i am at the moment creating like a book list with recommendations so i'm asking everyone for their recommendation of a book <laughs> okay um what topic sex okay I anything say, anything in regards to sex could be desire okay. could be i'm gonna do um three for now that come to mind so right. for desire discrepancies and really understanding desire especially in people with vulvas come as you are by emily nagoski yes. understanding non-monogamy two books the ethical slut and yeah. also opening up um, both amazing reads and then um a third book for sexual shame and also if you're bisexual uh boy slut by zachary zane oh i haven't heard that one yet that book so good well i love him he's amazing and such a good book and also for straight men if you want to learn how to pleasure a woman two books she comes first by ian kerner and Beyond Satisfied by Kenneth Clay. These two will teach you everything you have to know about being an amazing, amazing lover to people with bulbous or women. Love that. Really, Kenneth, uh, the book Beyond Satisfied, is he, he starts the book saying, I was always worried about my penis size because he comes from an Asian background. He has an average size penis. And he was always yes. so fucking worried about it that he learned all the extra skills that you had to learn about uh, pleasuring women. And, and then he came to realize that no one gave a fuck about his size. He was such a good yep. lover that no one cared, right? Um, so amazing book. I actually met Kenneth my last trip to New York. And I'm going to New York soon again. So I hope I get to play with him a little bit because after reading cool. his book, I definitely want him to want try to say like, like please like thank you yes Kenneth please make me spread you know yeah I need to see like I need to feel that for myself if that's really if you know what you're doing we need to get you to New York leave Australia for a week or two weeks oh yeah if I ever come I'm gonna like I'm gonna be in touch I'm like Alexa I'm coming over like Literally, let's do something 
We'll meet there. I'll take you. I'll introduce you to everyone. It'll be great. Um, where can people find you when they want uh, to work with you or just check out the work that you do? So I'm mostly active on Instagram, Sex with Alexa. But if you do want to book a session, it'll be sexwithalexa.co. Um, you can also support me on Patreon, um, patreon.com slash sexwithalexa. That's it. I love the sex with Alexa. It's always Alexa. <laughs> Literally, I know. I'm also launching a podcast in November. It's going to call yes. Sex with Alexa Podcast, obviously, or SWA. Um, I'm figuring it all out. I'll take in tips. But hopefully I launch in November. Sounds so amazing. Exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Is there anything um, else that you want to share? Uh, no. Thank you for having me. Um, thank sorry you for coming. The dog. Twice. The light. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> it was a lovely chat. I think both times have been a pleasure. And we, if you guys love me, just tell Trisha to have me again and we'll do it for a third time. <laughs> yeah, we do it a third time. We're going to come up with some uh, important topics and maybe some more tips for you all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much for coming on twice. Really appreciate yeah. it. And I love your work. So everyone go check her out. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and don't forget to share this episode, share this podcast around and leave a rating or a review as well. Lots of love. Mwah! Trisha.